Thank you for downloading and or streaming episode 5 of Recasted. Today we're going to recast the 1985 John Hughes uber classic film, The Breakfast Club. But before we get to that, Jesse, we have an ad read for our official sponsor of the Recasted podcast. Cellular Freedom in Manchester, New Hampshire is not just the premier place for anything and everything cell phone related. It's the only place. They fix any issue you are having with your phone. You can buy a phone there and any accessories. They sell plans. You can go right in there. It's on South Willow Street in Manchester. The owner, Sean, is there all the time. We like him. He's a good dude. He's funny. But most importantly, he's knowledgeable and he's professional. Don't believe me just because of the show sponsor. Check out the reviews online. No joke, they're second to none. So if you need your phone fixed or you want to get a new one or sell your old one or get a new plan, whatever, do it, all of it, at Cellular Freedom in Manchester. Now, Jesse, aside from getting a sponsor for this episode, the other big news is the Recasted website launched last week. You can now visit us at recastedpodcast.com, and on the site you'll find links to our podcast on three different platforms, links to our social media websites, and all of our past cast choices by movie, and a blog section for those of you that can't get enough recasted content. We're getting real big, friends and fam, real big. So please visit the website, visit our social media pages, vote on the cast, leave us some feedback. We are the most interactive podcast out there. With all the big stuff out of the way, Jesse, any news that you wanted to go over? I think to start off, the movie Joker is out, and I just wanted to mention to you and to, to our friends and fam out here, our fans, that I know we both have intention of seeing it, you know, myself, sooner rather than later. And it's getting some very big hype, some very big buzz. And because we are movie fans and comic book fans, I think that's definitely something that we will both be watching and uh, hopefully can regroup after and uh, share some thoughts on. I'm looking forward to that, as well as some recasting news. I know we talked last episode about Robert Pattinson as Batman and him getting my full endorsement. I saw that Jonah Hill's been casted as a potential villain. They're not sure if it's going to be the Penguin or the Riddler. I'm rooting for the Riddler. I honestly saw, I think it was a, a fan artwork that showed him as the Penguin, and I, I honestly would love him as Penguin. I think either one he could really do an awesome job as. I'm a big fan of Jonah Hill. Obviously started off with such a, a humorous hit with Superbad, and has been in some really uh, diverse films since then, but I think him and Pattinson, I'm really warming up to this film win. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see all the different people that they get for it. I'm hoping they're going to be just as good as I expect Robert Pattinson to be as Batman. So with the recasting news out of the way, are you ready to recast The Breakfast Club? I am so ready. All right, let's do it. So let's get right into it. In 1983, John Hughes decides to take Hollywood by storm. He's writing Vacation, Mr. Mom. In 1984, thanks to 16 Candles, we get introduced to Shermer High School. The following year, we get to spend a Saturday detention there with The Breakfast Club. A brain, an athlete, a prom queen, a basket case, and a criminal. We're going to recast each one of those in today's episode, as well as the janitor, Carl Reed, but I wanted to start us off with a person I think is the real star of this movie, Principal Richard Vernon. Now, he's played brilliantly by the late, great Paul Gleason. Started acting in 1962. One of his bigger roles, along with playing Vernon, is in Die Hard. He's a chief of police, or at least the highest-ranking officer at Nakatomi Plaza. He's done a ton of TV in the 80s, everything from the A-Team to Kate and Alley. Just a very big resume. What made his performance in this movie so great is just his pure hateability. 
He's a principal who's happy to be in a position of power, and he throws it around any chance he gets. He hates these kids. I'm guessing he was a teacher or something for a lot of years, and he's just grown sick and tired of all their crap. He especially hates Bender, who comes across as maybe the only kid that isn't completely phased by him. You know, completely dismissive of his authority. I felt it was important to get someone who would play maybe in their mid-50s, someone who would be tough and mean, who could intimidate 90% of people they come in contact with, maybe even like an angry dad-type character. The actor I chose is a very decorated thespian, a tremendous actor in both TV and film, and that's Brian Cranston. I first remember seeing him in Malcolm in the Middle. He's a lovable goofball dad, and later, of course, as Walter White in Breaking Bad. He's done some comedy, he's done some drama, he's done some suspense, and I feel he could really capture the hard-ass, hateable nature of Vernon in this picture. I think that's an awesome pick. I definitely know him more recently from Power Rangers, that movie that came out. I do know, you know, he's the, the father from Malcolm in the Middle, like you noted, as well as, you know, the superstar from Breaking Bad, which is getting some more burn right now with that Netflix special, El Camino Out. I think he's a great choice. I think he, you know, especially as the father of Malcolm in the Middle, you can see that sternness, that real rude sense that he gives off. I think he's got the look, for sure, of someone who's been weathered within the public school system, and is just really on his last nerve, on his last leg, as far as an administrator goes. I think that when I cast him, he wasn't my first choice, and we'll get into that with Recasted, but he definitely looks very similar to the guy that originally played Vernon Paul Gleason, and like you said, I think he's just going to be that very stern figure. I know he's done some comedy, but I'm expecting the comedy to come from some of the other characters. I think that he's going to be the straight guy and do a really good job at that. Well, for my choice, Wayne, you know, I went with someone who admittedly isn't going to give off as much of a dick aura, uh, someone who isn't, you know, maybe not as true to the character in that sense. I grabbed someone who I think really has that teachable mentality, someone who is really going to be stern, but certainly not as stern as your choice. I went with uh, an actor who I most recently have seen him on the Fox show 911. It's actually Peter Krause. He's also been on Parenthood. He's a very stern, set-in-his-ways type of leader. And uh, I just think that in this type of role, he could really play an administrator that has been through the system, but is really someone who is my way or the highway. You know, this is how you're going to do it. And I think he could really give the current bender that I'm going to let out a little bit later a hard time. They're going to they're gonna rub each other the wrong way for sure. So, yep. Yeah. Peter Krause from the show 911 in Parenthood is my choice for uh, the principal. Yeah, I can see that. I think there's a similarity to the way that they look. He actually almost kind of looks like a gruffer or a meaner Jim Carrey. I think that he definitely, I could see him saying things like, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. And being just a really tough, hard-ass type actor. He definitely has done drama. And I, as I mentioned, I think that this character is going to be the straight guy. He's going to be the dramatic actor more so than anybody else in the film. So I think that's a good choice. I think that he would definitely play that role. And as always... When we first jump off the diving board, I'm not sure what kind of water we're going to land in, so we'll see where it goes. Exactly, yeah. I, I like that, you know, wherever we start with these, it can toss and turn, you know, in any direction here with our castings. Just to know, you know, his role in 911 on Fox, he's the, the chief of the fire department there. So, again, you know, a, a leader, but has shown some real stern decision-making, some pushing around in my time watching the series. So I, I like my choice, but again, I like your choice too, Wayne. I like where these are starting off. All right, so next off, we're going to go with the jock, Andrew, or best known as Emilio! The mighty Duckman himself. There he is. 
So this is a character that I can really relate to. In both middle school and high school, I wrestled, at least in my head, felt that I was a jock, but probably outwardly was more a nerd. Andrew's character, I can see, you know, he had some aggressive parenting, I'd say, from his father. He had to really live in a set of footsteps that he was uncomfortable doing. Someone who I wouldn't say was, you know, outwardly muscular, but someone who certainly, you know, when he took off that Letterman's jacket, he had some shape to him. It's funny that, you know, we're doing Emilio now, and we started off recasted five episodes ago doing, you know, one of uh, Charlie Sheen's best movies, in my opinion, you know, Major League. But to uh, bring it back to The Breakfast Club, my Andrew's actually going to be Tom Holland, your neighborhood Spider-Man. We know him from, you know, the Avenger movies and such most recently, but I think he's got the frame. I think he's got the good boy looks that Andrew had. I think he can certainly still play a high school looking fella. So Tom Holland, your, your neighborhood Spider-Man is going to be my Andrew. I can see where you're going with that because he is pretty jacked. Like all those superhero roles, they all have to get in really great shape to fit into the costumes and they have to look good. For me, personality-wise, Tom Holland strikes me more as Peter Parker than he does as Spider-Man. So I would think of him more as a nerdy type or a Dungeons and Dragons playing type of nerd than I would a varsity wrestler. Although I didn't wrestle, so I don't know what the dynamic of a wrestler is or looks like. For me, and I'm thinking of these 80s roles, I just really Tom Holland to me is just a little bit nerdy for the role. I can certainly take that criticism. I mean, he's, he's a British kid. We really only know him from that film or those Spider-Man films. But I think, you know, he's got the frame. Really, in this film, you know, we saw Andrew B. Almost kind of a loner, someone who wanted to kind of show he was a leader in, in detention, but also he was definitely a, a bit of a loner because of where he was in that scene. So, I mean, I think that Tom Holland could certainly do it. Well, we'll see where it goes from Tom Holland. I'm curious how much geekier it gets as you get to Brian. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yes, we will. Now, for me... Andrew Clark plays the classic jock in this film. He's good-looking, he's athletic, he hangs out with all the popular kids. He basically is Troy from the Goonies, or for the younger crowd, he's Troy from High School Musical. Something about kids named Troy, I think. He's a wrestler in this movie, and for some reason, I know in the 80s, during this period when they made the movie, there was a big push for wrestling. I think they did three or four wrestling movies at that time. Like, not WWE-type wrestling, like actual high school or college wrestling movies. So it was kind of the du jour sport for the jocks. So when I was picking Andrew, I wanted to tweak that narrative a little bit and make him a football player, in my script anyways. And when I think of a star football player on any high school varsity team, he tends to run with the in crowd. You know, I wanted someone who would look athletic and strong, because remember, he does take down Bender in that little showdown in the library. So the actor I chose, I think, always plays the good guy, or at least always tries to be the guy that's doing the right thing, or what he thinks is the right thing. So he needs to be a people pleaser. He's not only liked by everyone, but he needs to be liked by everyone. So for me, we talk about dipping into the Marvel pool like you just did with Tom Holland. I'm kind of doing that, but I'm going to Marvel's cousin at Disney, and I chose John Boyega, or Finn, from the new Star Wars films. I think he's a little older of an actor, but so were the Brat Pack when they all made this film. So I think he's going to be a high school senior here, starting quarterback and linebacker. And so Andrew Clark is going to be John Boyega in a reboot. Most definitely has the frame. I, I definitely watched the Star Wars film films with him in it, and I think he's got that frame of you're a bit of a transition film where he's going to be that two-way football player, and he certainly fits that part. I think, you know, with that Star Wars being the only films that I've seen him from, I'm not sure really how well he'd work in the, the speaking roles, but to be honest, it was a high school film, you know, so I like it. I don't love it, but, you know, I certainly see the fit and the vision you have. I think it works perfect for your vision. 
my big criticism of the pick, because I don't love it either, even though it's my pick, is his age. I do think he looks a little bit too old to be in high school. But as I mentioned, so are all these guys when they initially did the movie. So I'm, I'm running with it. Cam Newton stayed back a few times. It's definitely all right for you to choose someone that has a bit of a mustache and beard. We should have cast Cam Newton. There you go, Scam Newton. From the athlete to the prom queen, Claire Standish is originally played by Molly Ringwald. Now, everyone knows she was the it girl in the mid-80s, especially in John Hughes movies. She was in 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, Four Keeps, to name a few. In this movie, she plays the prom queen or the head of the popular girls. I felt I needed someone who's obviously beautiful. She has to live up to the old adage that every girl wants to be her and every guy wants to be with her. She has to project some level of innocence in this role because Claire's a virgin, and Bender actually refers to her as a tease later when they're all sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. She has rich parents, so she should come across as bratty and spoiled. I chose an actress with a pretty face, somewhat of an innocent quality to her. I think she can pull off rich and spoiled and that popular girl bubble they all live in while they're still in high school. I think she's still young enough to play a high school senior. The only thing I'm unsure of is can she do an American accent? And that's Emma Watson. She shouldn't need a filmography, but just in case, she was Hermione in Harry Potter. She was Belle in the live-action Beauty and the Beast. And now she is Claire Standish in The Breakfast Club. Oh, well, as a Harry Potter fan, you don't need to show me Hermione. You know, it's, it's Leviosa, Wayne. I like the choice. I think I have my mindset on trying to get people that look the part, not just play the part. So I have to give it to you. You always do kind of push the envelope when it comes to the appearances of your recastings. You're not so dead set on appearances. She's so decorated with her films, and I think that she could do an awesome job. She is definitely beautiful, so she can play the prom queen whenever she wants to. So besides the me having this prom queen in this film be so associated with a redhead, beyond that, I think your pick is great, Wayne. I understand what you're saying with the look, and she isn't redhead. She is different in that sense, but I think they both have that innocent quality to them. That's really what I tried to focus on, more so than the red hair, although when I get into almost recast it, I'll probably have somebody that looks a little more the part as to what you're saying, but for me, again, I was just trying to focus in on the personality of the character and what they projected as the character themselves. Oh yeah, the innocence trait is definitely there for sure. So again, like your pick, but not as much as mine. And again, I don't think I need to state it, but I'm gonna. I went with a redhead. I went with Willow Shields. She actually plays Primrose. Is it Everdeen? Yeah, Everdeen is the, the last name. So you got Katniss. Yeah, is... she's Katniss's younger sister. Yeah, okay. Okay. So that is actually who I picked in this role. I think, you know, really beautiful young redhead. She's actually 19, whereas in the film, Molly was 17 when she played this role. So really close in the age. I think, you know, the face has that touch of innocence that you definitely need to have. I think that she has not a, a huge resume, but uh, I think that she could really step into this role and um, she could probably uh, hook up with John Hughes and do remakes of the other movies that they did together too. Okay, I can see that, and I guess, to me, not as pretty, or she's not as pretty as what I would picture for the prom queen. She does look like somebody who, I guess if you're in high school, high school boys have a little bit of a different standard, but I was trying to go with somebody, again, that elegant beauty, that cover of whatever, People Magazine, Glamour Magazine, or whatever, in the wedding dress, or in some sort of fancy gown. So that's kind of what I was thinking with this role, is just that really you know light shining on them when everybody else is in a dark corner, kind of beautiful. And to me, Willow Shields is kind of, I guess, upper average is how I would describe her. Wow. Wait till all our fans of Ginger's hear that. Um, it's not that she doesn't have red hair. There's a lot of beautiful redhead actresses out there, and I'm not backpedaling here. 
I just think, looking at her face, hair aside, because the pictures I've seen of her, she has blonde hair. I think she has blonde hair in the Hunger Games. Just not a fan of her face. Well, I mean, I, I think it's tough to compete with Emma Watson for sure. I think a lot of people are going to end up agreeing with you there, Wayne. I, I like my choice, and I'm going to stand by it. And I think that she could pull off the lipstick scene. I am going to say, too, I know we didn't touch on it at the very beginning, but Jesse did win the Who Cast It Better for the Princess Bride 7-1, to one, and that one vote was for my wife. So if Emma Watson gets me to rebound and get that victory, then that's what I'm doing. There you go, my man. Do whatever it takes. All right, next up is Anthony Michael Hall's character, which is Brian, the nerd. He is someone who a lot of people within that school relied upon for their writing papers, their homework assignments. He is that 80s nerd. You know, he didn't wear those thick Coke bottle glasses, but he is a a brainiac that he himself struggled to fit in. So you questioned my, my choice of Andrew or Tom Holland earlier. Stating that you felt he was a bit too nerdy, so you were uh, you were really hoping I could get someone that looked nerdier. So, sir, let me present to you Will Poulter, and you'll know him from We Are the Millers. He is a young gentleman from We Are the Millers that, to me, plays every bit of the unknowing nerd getting picked on. He's not going to have the brainiac sense, but he looks the part of the nerd. And again, that We Are the Millers... That's the, the face of the nerd in this day and age to me. And I let Wayne know prior to uh, us starting that I actually had somebody for the first couple of weeks. As soon as we knew we were doing this, when I had somebody written down, and I changed it today to Will Poulter because, again, that face just screams nerd to me. And I can see him sitting in that room doing exactly what he does, taking things out of his lunch bag one by one. I think of Will Poulter as younger, I guess. I know he's not now, but when I think of him, I think of him in the movie... Prince, not Prince Caspian, but the Dawn Treader. The he was also in the Maze Runner. Yeah, the Maze Runner. I was gonna say Scorch Trials. Is that the same thing? I don't believe so, but I, don't quote me on that. They all mesh together. He was originally cast. I thought it was thrown out there that he would be Pennywise the Clown in the, the It reboot. Yes, he was definitely in the news to play that role. He's got the crazy eyebrows and he's a little bit creepy and scary. I don't know. I guess for me, I understand the nerdy quality that you went with here, and I can see that. There's something lacking in terms of purity. There's something pure about Brian's character. I don't, I don't know if Will has that kind of innocence. I think if you're looking just on, you know, the We're the Millers, you see such an innocent, totally unsuspecting character. But I know that, you know, we're a few years removed from that role, and he has grown to be a bit more of a weirder-looking fellow. So maybe I could have went with someone a little different, but again, I, I saw just his face from We're the Millers, and I said, you know what, that's my nerd in, in the recasting of The Breakfast Club. What I really liked about Anthony Michael Hall in this movie as Brian Johnson is he really plays the quintessential nerd so well and he did it throughout the 80s from weird science 16 candles as farmer ted he was another hughes favorite as he got older he even played the king of the nerds as bill gates in the pirates of silicon valley which is a tv movie i highly recommend the character is definitely the kid who never had a girlfriend he hangs out with his mom he plays dungeons and dragons now i'm not bagging on him for that because i was that kid growing up Minus the straight A's, I didn't get those. Until probably I had my growth spurt in high school, started playing sports, I became more of an Andrew type. Now there is an innocence about Brian, which I mentioned. There's kind of a need as the viewer of the movie to protect him in a way from bullies or anyone who'd want to hurt him. So I went with an actor who's already played this role when he played Peter Parker in Spider-Man, and that's Tom Holland. I think he's such a great fit as the innocent, nerdy kid that you can root for. I think he would easily be pushed around by the other kids in the library. Uh, I mean, maybe Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, but I mean, Tom Holland is ripped, Wayne. So, I mean, again, I, I think we have a difference of opinions here because we actually chose this actor to play different roles in this film to 
totally different roles. You know, again, I, I feel strongly that Tom Holland could play that athlete, but because of his Peter Parker nature and, and his background there, I can't hate you picking him for that stereotypical nerd in a Breakfast Club reboot. I'm going to say that Ripped, to me, is kind of a tough one because I was a big fan of the show Entourage, and I think in one of the episodes, Ari Gold mentions that Tom Cruise is 5'3", you put him on the screen, looks like Yao Ming. I think you take Tom Holland, you say he's ripped now, but you put him next to John Boyega, he's going to look like Mini-Me. Well, again, I'm staying true to wrestling, and you're, you're jumping the ship here, and you're going to football, so we're going to have two different looking athletes here. So you're thinking like that under 90 pound wrestler. That's the most successful type. Yeah, not a super heavyweight. I want one that's going to translate to uh, success. And I think Tom Holland could bring someone down to the mat. Whereas John Boyega, I mean, he's going to go ahead and rush for touchdowns and get signed to a big old deal for sure. I think I got an idea for our website and for the social media, which is going to be a poll. Which Andrew would win in a fight, John Boyega or Tom Holland? Can we use CGI? No. No lightsaber for you. Now, the next misfit that we're going to recast here is Allison Reynolds, a.k.a. The Basket Case. She's played by Ali Sheedy in this movie, who was also one of the Brat Pack. She was in War Games, Short Circuit, St. Elmo's Fire. Now, a funny story about her career in this time frame, she was actually offered to play the female lead in Top Gun that went to Kelly McGillis. She turned down the role, stating nobody's going to pay to see Tom Cruise fly a plane in his underwear, which is funny because I think it was the highest grossing movie of the year that it came out. Her character in this movie starts out as quiet, a little strange. She would be, I guess, an 80s emo chick. Dark hair, dark makeup. She plays it like this deeply disturbed teen with thousands of hours in therapy who's planning to run away from home. What we learn at the end of the film is she wasn't even supposed to be in detention. She just showed up because she had nothing better to do on a Saturday. I wanted to pick an actress with dark features who could play creepy and reserved, but it had to be someone young who gets the whole millennial emo thing. The actress I went with is pretty because she does turn out to be pretty in the end of this movie, and that's Selena Gomez. Mostly she's done acting roles in Disney movies and TV shows. We know her as more of a singer than an actress, but I think she can play this role. And an added bonus, I bet she could also record a new version of Don't You Forget About Me as the theme song for the reboot. That would definitely be the best part of your choice would be the song because I just think, Wayne, she is way too pretty to be the basket case. You're starting to rival her and Emma Watson now. And you're gonna That could be an, another poll. Just pull it up. I just have a tough time seeing someone as gorgeous, in my opinion, as Selena Gomez being the basket case. I guess I'd have to see how, I mean, you did provide me a photo here, so a moment of bad podcasting. I'm, I'm going to look at this photo, and the photo he provided me, she's definitely providing a dark look to her, so I can see it there, but how do you make that look prettier? She's already so gorgeous, Wayne. Well, the idea is you have to make the pretty girl, because Ali Sheedy's very pretty, you just have to make the pretty girl look a little bit more disheveled. I don't have to say ugly. It's not one of those things like the movie with Rachel Lee Cook, where it's like, oh, she had glasses on, she's not pretty. Now she's pretty because we took the glasses off. She's all that. Yeah. It's more of, you know, she's got that dark look. She has the dark complexion. She's got dark eyes, dark hair. I think you just wave her hair over her face a little bit and put her in some black clothes, and I think she looks the part. Yeah, I mean, again, she's so beautiful. So, I mean, I'd love to see her in, in this film. I just don't know if you can make her a basket case. Um, well, but, but, you did not make her a basket case, but she was married to Justin Bieber. Oh, no. So, going on to uh, my choice of Allie, I went with someone who doesn't have uh, actually a very long resume. I think so far we are five characters in, and Wayne has definitely pulled out his checkbook more often than I have in this recasting. So again, my Ali Shee is someone who doesn't have the longest list of stuff that she has done in the past, but she did something most notably is, is Beautiful Creatures, and her name is Alice Englart. 
very dark hair, kind of pale skin. The dark features you'd look for in a new reprisal of Basket Case for the Breakfast Club. I think she's got almost that Wednesday Adams type look. And I think she can go from looking kind of out of place to looking gorgeous with a little touch-up from our friend Molly Ringwald. I see what you're saying in terms of her being a little more plain Jane than my Allison, because I think that looking at these pictures of her, she definitely is more average looking, and I do see the dark features, or I do see how you could make her look a little bit more dark. If anything, I think that she might look more... I don't want to say shot for shot, it's not the right one, but she definitely looks more like Ali Sheedy did in that movie. So in terms of looks, I think you nailed it. I guess maybe I did go with a little bit prettier version, but whatever. You win some, you lose some, and as we found out this past week. All right, and next up we have Judd Nelson's character, John Bender, who is our criminal in The Breakfast Club. He provides some of the funniest parts. When he's going into the, the screaming match with the principal, you know, they're going back and forth, and he wants one more week, and then one more week of detention. You know, that that's definitely one of my favorite parts, and I think I definitely remember that most often when, when thinking about this film. But he's the character that really has this, he gives off this vibe of, you're not going to tell him what to do, he's going to do what he wants. He smokes cigarettes, he dresses in that, almost like, you know, punk attire. He's a fun character, but he's definitely set in his ways. My choice for this is Jeremy Allen White, and all of you who are fans of the show Shameless know him as Lip Gallagher. I see Lip's demeanor in the show, I see his looks, and I see someone that could definitely be John Bender in The New Breakfast Club. Now, he's not going to have the long hair and probably not be as thick, but I just think, you know, again, when maybe you may be at a slight disadvantage, I don't know if you've ever seen Shameless at all. I have not, actually. Okay, so if you ever have some time, I think it will only take you a few episodes, and you'll see the likeness of this guy into John Bender from The Breakfast Club. Yeah, I mean, looking over pictures of him, he kind of reminds me of one of the Penn brothers, like Chris Penn or something like that, which I guess has that kind of bad boy nature to it. Again, it's just got to be somebody who has that darker look like Ali Sheedy. I haven't seen Shameless. I'd have to probably check it out to see what kind of attitude he portrays in there, because you're saying it's similar to John Bender. Yeah, I mean, I definitely admit that looks-wise, he's probably not my first target for this role, but I think attitude-wise, he is the criminal, do-what-I-want, pushback that you could see being a senior in high school and going tit-for-tat with the principal and, you know, going tit-for-tat with every other student that's in the detention. I think that this guy could really knock it out of the park. I think he fits with your cast, especially you talked about budgets. In the past, you've been the one spending the money, and it seems like you're really on a shoestring budget here, and I'm just blowing up the checkbook with all that money I saved in the previous episodes. Yeah, I mean, I think I've got some nice fits. You certainly provided some good argument for your picks, but I think that mine, they didn't have to be the biggest names. Again, I watched all of Shameless that's been available to my eyes, and this is John Bender reincarnated. So this was the toughest role for me to recast. I know when you think of iconic roles in film history that are impossible to imagine anyone else playing them, you think of Sylvester Stallone as Rocky or Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. And I think of Judd Nelson as John Bender because he's right on that list. The sarcasm spot on, the I don't give a crap mentality is played to perfection. He's every bit that role in real life. He reminds me of Robert Downey Jr. who played Tony Stark and now every interview you see him in, you feel like you're watching a Tony Stark interview, not a Robert Downey Jr. interview. And I think of Judd Nelson is the John Bender character in real life. Every movie you see him in later, even as he gets older, he's basically playing a grown-up version of John Bender. He's the stereotypical 80s stoner, rebel, bad boy, or whatever you want to call it. Keeps his weed in his locker. The actor that plays him has to have that bad boy look about him. He also has to be sharp with the comebacks. He has to completely disregard Vernon's authority, any chance he gets. So the actor I chose is actually a really good-looking guy, even though he doesn't have to be. 
He always plays that sort of arrogant dickhead type character. And he has a sibling in the industry that really personifies douchebag, and that's Dave Franco. So he was in Now You See Me. He was in the last season of Scrubs University. His older brother, James Franco, made a living playing this type of character. And I think Dave can pull it off. I can definitely see him sticking it to Cranston in front of everybody and getting in Andrew's face to say, Did I stutter? So Dave Franco is going to be my John Bender. Yeah, I love him. You know, he's definitely um, one of the funnier actors, you know, I can remember over the last decade, and certainly in a great looking and acting family, you know, the Francos. I also remember him from Neighbors, I believe it was. Probably smaller frame, you know, than I would like for Bender, but I think you hit the nail on the head as far as his, his quick wit. His ability to go tit for tat is right up there. I think it's second to none, actually. So Little Franco is not a bad pick for Bender at all. I think if you wanted to dress him, you know, maybe have him grow his hair out and dress him a bit in that punky kind of grunge look, I think he could really do well. Well, I say we're in 2019, so he doesn't even have to grow his hair out. Just throw a couple earrings in there, leather jacket, he's good to go. Touche. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely work for him, especially, you know, looking at the picture you provided. I think he could do well in that role. I think your cast has a very nice flow to it. So the last character we cast in our remake is probably going to be my biggest curveball in five episodes now. And that's Carl the Janitor. He plays a pretty insignificant role in this movie, but he does give us some pretty funny lines, some quippy lines. Unlike Vernon, he seems immune to like the teenagers' attitudes, and unlike the kids, he's not the least bit scared of Vernon. The thing is, you can literally cast anybody in this role, and it wouldn't change anything about the movie. So you could give it to someone that has no acting experience and make it their first film, like an athlete or a comedian that wants to get into movies. So I did just that here. The actor or personality that I chose is a dead ringer for Carl on the look side of things. And he has that I don't give a crap or I don't take any kind of crap attitude, which makes him amusing and funny. He doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what I think. And he certainly doesn't care what his bosses think. He's basically a real-life Carl, except wildly more successful. I chose Kirk Minahan of Barstool Sports. I think he's funny and quick-witted and no doubt the most talented and misunderstood personality in media in 2019. I think he'll crush the role for sure and maybe even do better than the original actor that played Carl. I definitely am familiar with Kirk Manahan. If any of you guys aren't, he is one of the biggest bags of D as far as I'm concerned on the radio, but he is a successful bag of D. He is a heel on radio uh, like no other. Looks-wise, he's got that same... I would say from the nose up, they look so much alike. Again, height, I I happen to know that Kirk is a smaller guy, but not too sure that matters too much. To be honest, Wayne, I I don't hate it, but I don't love it because I think that just personal bias, I, I hate Kirk so much and in the movie I actually like the janitor and I like that he he tends to side a bit with the teens as opposed to the higher authority, the man being the principal. Well, I think that Kirk Benahan has spent his career fighting the man. He's been an advocate for the teens of life, I think. Pretty much his whole radio career and now onto the podcasting that he's doing with Barstool Sports. Again, I think the look is definitely there. They look so similar. And that's one of the reasons I went with it. The other reason is I do think that he's really funny. He's quick-witted. And I think that some of the lines that Carl says in the movie, like, I am the eyes and ears of this institution, and really just giving them a bunch of crap, the kids a bunch of crap, I think that Kirk could deliver those lines. But I'm such a fan, I may even actually write a few more lines into the movie for him. I definitely should have seen this coming from you, knowing how big of a fan you are of Kirk. But it definitely is a curveball that I didn't see coming. So bravo to you. I think, you know, looks-wise, again, you you hit the nail on the head with him. So great job there. My guy probably isn't going to be as much of a a looks ringer here. So going uh, against the grain from my usual philosophy here, my guy has a bit more history to him as a Brad Pack member. And I'm going with John Cryer. 
You all will know him probably more recently from Two and a Half Men and that long series he had there. But, you know, he was also in Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink. So, you know, he is a former Brat Pack member himself. I think when you look at him versus, you know, the principal, I think they had to be somewhat close in the same age. And the principal definitely had to look down on my janitor. And I think that it was just a nice callback for me to have, you know, John Cryer be in a film um, from that era that he wasn't in, but was directed by the same guy that has done other work with him in that same era. And I think if you were to look at John Cryer now, he has kind of that balding, weathered look that the principal didn't. I think if you look at the janitor in the movie, Carl, he, he looks like he maybe has a six-pack after work and uh, goes home to not, not the greatest situation, whereas the principal probably hates his life more, but he's probably more well-off. And so I think he looks younger, maybe looks better. Again, my Peter Krause, but I think that, you know, the janitor being John Cryer, I think he's got that older, more worn look to him. And I think he's, he was quippy enough with his son as well as Charlie Sheen in Two and a Half Men. Yeah, I think that John Cryer, I like the thought process that went into it, grabbing one of those 80s Brat Pack type stars and bringing them back to an 80s remake is a very cool idea. So I definitely like the way that you were thinking there. My problem with the pick is that every role I've ever seen John Cryer in, whether it's Ducky and Sixteen Candles, not 16 Candles, whether it's Ducky in Pretty in Pink, all the way up to, you know, Two Men and a Kid. What's it? Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men. <laughs> two Men and a Kid works nicer. I like it. Yeah, Two Men and a Kid, much catchier. But I think that the problem, his character is always very well put together, very high strung, high maintenance. And Carl doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. He's very laid back, very chill. So getting somebody who's very big on their appearance, who seems like he'd want to wear a tuxedo more so than some rags to be a janitor. I don't know. I, I felt like... The roles I've seen him in don't translate well to this role, but I really do love the thought process and choosing the actor. Yeah, you know, he wasn't my first choice, but I think definitely going into this role, I didn't even know that it would be the last one we actually go over here on the episode, but going into this role, I really wanted to find someone that had a bit of history, you know, from that same era and had maybe had some chemistry with some of these other stars. So that's our cast. I mean, I think you'll see that I spent a ton of money getting a bunch of big names into the roles. And so my budget is completely spent. So I have nothing to market the movie, but I'm hoping the names are going to sell themselves up on the poster. Jesse's got a ton of money in the bank to try to promote this movie. So I hope you put together a great preview. Because I'm going to send actors, you a $100 bill with the tickets. That's basically what I'm able to do you now. You got enough money to do it with the actors that you picked. I think that John Cryer is the only one I didn't have to look up. But yeah, definitely we love sitting down doing these. I am going to put up, like I usually do, on the website and on our social media pages, a side-by-side -side with the original actor and who we picked. And we're going to give you guys a chance to vote on whose cast you like better, who would you most likely go out to the theater to see if that was the cast for the remake of The Breakfast Club. And I know I've gotten a little bit of pushback from people saying, don't remake The Breakfast Club. And I told them, I said, guys, I'm not remaking The Breakfast Club. I don't have that kind of money. I'm just talking about who we would pick if they did remake it. Yeah, we're just sitting here shooting the poo and having fun with this idea. I think Five Movies In has been something we really enjoyed, something we really hope we can continue. I'd like to also note that The Breakfast Club, I believe, is the first movie we're doing based solely on a fan vote. So please continue to vote for the films, vote for you know our little one-on-one -on -one polls, and uh, please continue to vote for whose cast you like as a whole. Uh, again, I think Wayne's images that he puts up with the actors and our choices he really puts a lot of work in trying to find pictures of not just his choices, which, you know, I, I could see him doing, but he does a good job of trying to find my actors and actresses in their best representation of, you know, the original film. So, I mean, I think when you're able to see these, you can give a, get a better understanding of their fit. And please just continue to vote and support. We, we love it. 
All right, so if you stick around for a few more minutes, we're going to get into bonus features, which includes Almost Recasted and I Love You, I Hate You. I know those are some of our fan favorites. If you don't stick around for the bonus features, visit the website recastedpodcast.com. Visit our social media. You can do that through the website. Leave us a comment. Send us an email. We're certainly going to read them. You may even get a shout-out in the next episode. Thank you for sticking around for bonus features. This is where Jesse and I are going to get into I Love You, I Hate You, where we talk about our least and most favorite roles that we casted, as well as Almost Recasted, where you get to find out some of the other names that we thought about, maybe at the last second decided to scrap them, or maybe we stuck with them right from the start. So we're going to start off with I Love You, I Hate You, and I'll kick it off. I think that Jesse kicked it off last episode, so probably my least favorite choice was Will Poulter as Brian Johnson, not only because I thought that he wasn't quite innocent enough, a little bit actually creepy and scary of a character, but I know I picked John Boyega to play Andrew. I think Will Poulter just plays a little too old of a character to be believable as in high school, so you combine that with the creepiness of his character, and to me it was just probably my least favorite of your choices. Well, that hurts, Wayne, but uh, understandable. Again, I think once we get into Almost Recasted, you'll be able to maybe have a better idea as to some of the other directions I was going with the Anthony Michael Hall character. My I Hate You, uh, because apparently we're going Hate You, I Love You. My I Hate You for Yours is actually going to be the Selena Gomez choice for Ali Sheehy. As intrigued as I may be, I just think she's way too beautiful. Even, you know, like I said, rivaling your Emma Watson's beauty, I think just maybe too on the nose with how, how hot she is, Wayne. Well, again, I think that you can make her look a little bit creepier. She doesn't have to be ugly. This wasn't an ugly character. In fact, she turns out to be very pretty at the end. I just think she has to be dark. I think Selena Gomez is going to play that. As far as who I I love you or the character I like the most, I did like the John Cryer choice. I know, like I mentioned, he doesn't really fit the role of the janitor to me, but I really loved the thought process because I almost did that last episode when I wanted to bring Chris Sarandon back as the six-fingered man in The Princess Bride, but I didn't because we do have a rule. You cannot pick an actor who was in the original film. So you did the next best thing. You said, who was an 80s icon that wasn't in this movie, found John Cryer, put him in the remake, so I loved the thought process there. Thank you very much. Uh, it's definitely one of my proudest moments in Recasted so far, and I just really had it rooted in getting a guy that had that chemistry that I think fits here. So going on to my I love you for you, Wayne, I think you started right off with the the highest point, and I think Brian Cranston, I could definitely see him playing the role of the principal, being someone who could deliver the panache it it takes to be just uh, an angrier, weathered gentleman, you know, a principal that just really has no patience for, for John Bender's crap, or really anybody's crap. Bravo for that pick. It's definitely my favorite of yours. Well, thank you. And that's actually going to lead us into almost recasted And I want to say that for Vernon, Cranston was not my first choice. My first choice for the role of Principal Vernon was actually Kevin Spacey. I thought that he would play such a good, arrogant, asshole principal. But given all of his Me Too stuff and all the stuff surrounding him, I felt like, eh, I'm not going to pick him. And people I talked to were like, no, you should pick him anyways because he's going to be perfect. I said, no, I will find another perfect person. There's more than one perfect person out there. 
And my second choice was Alec Baldwin. I thought, again, plays that asshole character really well. But then when I came up with Cranston, I said he's better than Baldwin. So that's why I went with. I can definitely see Spacey. Uh, I think you probably did the best thing in kind of uh, keeping him as an almost casted. Baldwin, not to me, I associate too much with uh, the Donald Trump routine right now. I'm such a, a victim of recency bias that, you know, I think he... He definitely slays his, his portrayal of Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live. That you know, that's where my mind heads right away. So maybe uh, a, a little too funny, a little too snarky. But I, I like the choice you actually originally went with with Cranston. So I, I love that pick. I really only had one almost here. This is where I would have dropped the most money, Wayne. I, for a second, and even longer than a second, I considered Mark Wahlberg as my almost recast for the principal. I looked at the age gap between the cast that I chose for the five kids and thought, you know, he's someone that could be snarky, be, you know, certainly a, a younger principal, but I mean, he's in his late 40s as it is now, if not 50. And I think that looking at the age gap, I think that he's someone who could play someone who's just simply had enough and, and is ready to take it out on the kids during detention day. He's just as pissed he's there as they should be. I'm glad you didn't go with him because I think he would have completely overshadowed the rest of your cast, which is made up of not quite as well-known actors, and he's such a huge star. So I'm glad you didn't go that way. Also, I'm getting kind of sick and tired of his Boston accent and everything, and his whole idea of, like, if I was on one of the planes in 9-11, I could have stopped it. Just, uh, actually, I, I said to somebody the other day, they told me that Mark Wahlberg had said that celebrities shouldn't give political opinions, and I thought, how ironic, because isn't he somewhat of a celebrity, and that's somewhat of a political opinion? So I'm just sick and tired of Mark Wahlberg. Well, I mean, try the burgers. He's definitely probably looked at pretty negatively because of him leaving the largest Super Bowl comeback ever when the Patriots came back against the Falcons. So not a good look for Marky Mark. Next up is Andrew. And I went with Boyega, and that's kind of who I went with. I didn't have any other choices, and I didn't waver back and forth. Did you have anyone else you were thinking of for Andrew? I actually didn't. know. as soon as I uh, considered, you know, that wrestling-type frame, and I, I went with Tom Holland, I stuck right there and moved on. All right. Now, Claire, on the other hand... Initially, I had picked uh, Alicia Vikander. She was in Ex Machina. She's very pretty, but she's about 32, and I know you can be 32 and still play a high school student if you have that look. She doesn't. She definitely looks older than a high school student, so that's why I passed on her. Okay. For me, with that choice, I really only had other um, one other choice, and it was Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa in Game of Thrones. Just such a beautiful redhead, and again, I just felt... That, you know, the iconic prom queen um, from Breakfast Club had to continue to be a redhead. So uh, I almost went with Sophie Turner. All right. And actually, that's who I thought you were going to go with when you were giving me crap about my character not having red hair. I thought, oh, he's going to pick Sophie Turner. Oh, because uh, I'm on such a, a ride, you know, after finishing Game of Thrones. Anyways, I think that would have been a good choice. And I think that she still hasn't done a lot of major cinema. So it would have fit in with the rest of your cast. Going to Allison, I know you're giving me a crap about not picking somebody dark enough or picking somebody too glamorous or beautiful to play the Allison role. And I actually initially had Emma Stone from uh, Superbad. I think that she has that dark kind of quality and she seems kind of like a badass rebel. She does, especially in the Zombieland movies. Yeah, so I thought she would have been really good in that role. And I initially had her and then I switched over to Selena Gomez after seeing a couple of pictures of her and kind of like a darker element. And I think that she's very pretty and I think that you had to be in my remake because I'm going for star power here and she's got a little bit more than Emma Stone. Actually, I think I skipped over... No, I didn't skip over anyone. Did you have... Oh, I did. I skipped over... Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, we, we, yeah, we can jump right into him after. Um, uh, just to uh, keep it consistent here with uh, Allie, the only other actress that I looked at for her was someone kind of in the same vibe as Selena Gomez. So I guess, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek with my criticism of you with her choice. But I went with my almost casting of Ariel Winter. 
You know, she's actually the voice of Sophia the First, and she's in Modern Family. She kind of looks almost like a Walmart version of Selena Gomez, if I may. So not as beautiful, but I think could play, you know, still that darker hair, darker uh, skin complexion. Someone who could be beautified, but, you know, at first glance isn't someone that's going to knock your socks off. And then as far as Brian, I kind of landed on Tom Holland, and that's who I stuck with. But I did have a gentleman from work. Matthew Shin, we'll give him a name drop here, and he said I should have gone with Michael Sarah as Brian, and I just felt like that was too on the nose, for the same reason I avoided Antonio Banderas last week and Danny DeVito, I felt like Michael Sarah was just too on the nose as the nerdy guy. Yeah, I mean, plus that would have been you just making fun of a former awesome casting of mine, so that would have been a fail, but I actually had two almost recastings here for Brian. First off, I had someone from, the, again, the Shameless series. So um, if, if you do end up having some time, Wayne, um, I recommend it. I know a lot of our fans have probably seen some or all of it. But it's Ian uh, Gallagher, uh, Lip's younger brother. Redhead, freckles. He has that nerdy look to him for sure. Wiry frame. Kind of like my true casting of Will Poulter, the actor that plays Ian Gallagher. And let me just grab his name here. It's Cameron Monaghan. He actually plays Jerome, um, the Joker character on the Gotham series on TV. So uh, I guess both of my my redheaded or nerdy characters that I was going with here both also have a very dark side uh, to them. But that was one. And the other one I have here is Lucas Till. He actually played Havoc in the X-Men trilogy, like Days of Future Past and First Class. I think looks-wise, could definitely play this character. And uh, I think I base a lot of my choices on looks. And then the last character I had was Bender. And I initially had Ezra Miller as Bender. I think that he's got that kind of dark bad boy complexion to him plus he does play kind of funny in the justice league as the flash he's got a lot of the quippy lines but i don't consider him smart quippy it's more campy quippy and so i want to go more the sharp quippy with bender's role which is why i went with dave franco love dave franco that was probably been, would have been my second choice of yours for a, a love it but uh over here on, on my side with the almost casted bender i had josh peck any of you listeners uh, that are around my age, age 30, you'd heard of the show Drake and Josh. Well, Josh has actually gotten a bit skinnier, taller, and he is a spitting image of what I would say looks-wise would be John Bender. Again, I went with Jeremy Allen White, who plays Lip Gallagher, because I feel like his persona, his characteristics, his his lifestyle is, is more like it, but looks-wise... You know, you can find Josh Peck online now with Five O'Clock Shadow, and just, I think he's got that frame and look that he could be John Bender. But again, I went with Jeremy Allen White. Another guy I considered just real quick was Timothy, I think it's Chalamet, but that's someone that I thought, again, just focusing so hard on the looks, I thought maybe he could have been it, but he's probably third in, in my death chart here uh, looking at John Bender. As far as Carl the Janitor... I really love the pick of Kirk Minahan as the role. Initially, though, I think I had tossed around the idea, like I said, it could be an athlete, comedian, whatever. I had tossed around the idea of Steve Nash, because I know he's trying to get into movies. But then at the end of the day, I said, you know what? Kirk looks just like the guy, and he's got that kind of F.U. attitude. So, perfect. I'm running with it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's scary how much Kirk Minahan looks like Carl from The Breakfast Club. But the only other guy I considered here, but didn't go with because I felt it would have been maybe too far in the direction of me trying to go with a callback. And I originally thought that I would look at Judd Nelson being, you know, the Carl in our reprisal of The Breakfast Club. He's just probably a little too old to uh, step into there, but he was someone I considered, but uh, just stayed within that same universe with John Cryer. Well, I'm glad you did because we have two bylaws in this, and that is, one, we don't cast kids. And two, we don't cast people who were in the original even in a different role. So glad you didn't break the rules. 
All right, so that's pretty much our show. Thank you for sticking around for bonus features. I'm going to say it again. Check out the website, recastedpodcast.com. We're going to have some really cool blogs on there about what's going on in cinema. You can check out all of our previous casts. You can... It has links to our podcast through Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can visit the Facebook page. You can visit the Twitter page. You can email us all right through the website. So it's a one-stop shop. Check it out. And check out Cellular Freedom because they will get you a great deal on anything you need for your cell phone. And like I said, they're just excellent people to work with.